In today's show, we look back at Tuesday in the NBA. There were four games on. We look at waiver wire trends. We look at news updates, all of that stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Four games. We're going to get through all the news. We'll look at waiver wire trends. And we're going to go through those games. It's not going to be a particularly long show today, which maybe some of you will say yes. Maybe some of you will say no. Let's see how it is. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gobert, somehow, is questionable. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I don't know why. The last two games, he's left early because of groin soreness. And now he's questionable for groin soreness. Are they just screwing with us? They've got a Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. I'm not going to stake money on it or my reputation. Or I'm not going to like sniff sheep's testicles or something like that if I'm wrong. But there's no way he's playing in both these games, right? There's no way. It's just not going to happen. Surely not. You can't be that cavalier with an asset that you've pumped so much resources into who's just left two games in a row early because of a soft tissue groin issue. You cannot be. This is a smokescreen, surely. Has to be. Injury reporting is a, it's better than it was. It's still a disaster. And this one, there is there is no way that, it, oh, I can't say no way because teams do dumb shit all the time. Like we all, I suppose we have to look back a fair way to see a team pushing someone to come back a little bit too early from injury like with Bradley Beal or Paul George or even Rudy Gobert one game ago where he played through it and had to leave in five minutes. So they do dumb stuff all the time. I'm just if you added Nazareed, what I'm that's the main takeaway here. If you added Nazareed, don't drop him. There's no way that Gobert is playing both these games. None. I mean, there's a small way, but there's none. Um, Ingram's out again. His toe contusion, worst bruise of all time, has to be the worst contusion ever. Um, he's still out two months later. It's not quite two months, six weeks. Herb Jones is out again, so we're just going to keep firing up our um, Trey Murphys and RG Marshalls. You look at Jose Alvarado, gets a little bit of a boost there as well. You're going to be absolutely stunned. I hope you're sitting down. And if you're not sitting down, maybe you even need to lay down for this news because it is groundbreaking. It's stuff that you, you couldn't have predicted. The Charlotte Hornets have listed Gordon Haywood as doubtful. This organization, I'm just going to keep, they're, they're, they're the new ones on my shit list. It's, always, it's them and the Rockets at the moment on my shit list. Just rule the guy out. He hasn't been doubtful for two and a half weeks, I can assure you. You're doubtful to be a good organization every day forever, but he hasn't been doubtful for two and a half weeks. So we also put Cody Martin as doubtful. So we're back on the Cody Martin doubtful train where that ran for three weeks at the start of the year. 
This team in the... Oh, my God. Seriously. Anyway, we keep going with Jalen McDaniels. That's sick. I'm surprised they didn't say, Kelly Oubre has gone in for surgery on his hand. He is doubtful to play tomorrow. And do that for seven weeks. In some good injury news, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green are back for Dallas. Well, they're likely back tomorrow. Tim Hardaway is out. I wouldn't be adding Finney-Smith. I'd be okay with dropping Hardaway. I don't think we need to go and add Jaden Hardy. It's just going to be a bunch of bullshit from Nilakina and Bullock and Finney-Smith and Green and none of them really adding up to much in 12-team leagues. 14-team leagues, DFS, sure. At least the Cavs listed Donovan Mitchell as doubtful instead of questionable after he suffered a groin strain last game. But again, it's doubtful. This is surely two weeks. Surely. Three weeks, maybe. Why are we doing doubtfuls? Cavs, you're getting close to being on the list. In fact, I know this is someone's sound drop, but... You just made the list! Yeah, you did. And now for a funny story. Jalen Duran. He's questionable to play on Thursday. Not because of his ankle problem, but because he lost his passport, apparently. So, they're trying to find out how they can get him a quick passport to get him over to play in France on Thursday. I maintain that Duran is a 12-team league must-roster player, even if he forgets his passport and can't play. And old mate John Isaac, he's going to play in the G League again Thursday. The Magic have a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. I'd be very, very surprised if Isaac played in the Thursday G League game and then was able to suit up on Saturday in the NBA. I don't think they would do that. So I think we might be waiting until next week for Jonathan Isaac to um, take up your roster spots and provide you not enough value in a 12-team league. You You have until next week to come to that realization. Let's look at the... Waiver wire moves over the last 24 hours. The number one most added player for numerous reasons is Terrence Mann. He's up 45%. A, because the Clippers play today. And B, because he's been their starting point guard and playing big minutes. We'll talk about his game later on. Seth Curry up 31%. Kyrie was out, so Seth Curry started. He's got a little bit of value, but we'll talk about the net situation later too. Boucher up 14%. No. No. Shouldn't have added him. I mean, you could have because there was no one playing today. But... He's not worth it. Nico Batum up 14%. Bob Covington up 9%. Their streams for today, they're not long-term options. Well, Grayson Allen, if you got him for the Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, you're pretty happy. He's up 9%. It's not a long-term thing. The Bucks don't play again until uh, Saturday, so you can actually jack him off pretty comfortably. Get that garbage out of here! Powell up 8%. Yeah, look, I think his production's going to be dropping. I'm recording this before the Clippers game is over, so I think his production is going to drop with Paul George back, but... He's probably worth a hold at least through Wednesday. And then Monte Morris up 7%. If Beal returns, I don't think Morris is going to be able to sustain 12-team value, especially with Delon pushing up. So I don't think I would have rushed to grab Morris after last game. The most dropped players. Isaiah Jackson down 27%. So there's a couple of things to take out of this. Is that those 27% of people either A, didn't think Miles Turner was going to play last week, or B, thought Isaiah Jackson would be the backup and still be valuable in 17 minutes a night behind Miles Turner. Now, obviously, neither of those things happened. So that all these people that added him have had no intention of stashing him. They just thought, I'm adding him solely for immediate production, which I think was the wrong way to look at that. But of course, again, if Turner had have been out, it would have been great to pay off this. So I can't fault them too much. As I've said numerous times, if you're in a position to cop some zeros for a couple of weeks... It's not a bad... We're getting in that situation where it's not a bad stash. I'd probably like to wait another week to do it, but it's not bad to hold him now. Dennis Schroeder down 14%. Yeah, because he sucks. Understandably. I wouldn't be bothered with him either outside of streaming. Kevon Looney down eight. He's not a 12-team league guy. People dropping uh, Rick Rubio. 
not surprised. He's not a 12-team league player. Alec Burke's down 6%. Yep, I don't know why they waited till today to drop him. They don't play till Thursday. He's not worth it. Larry Nance down 6 Totally agree with that. Dwayne Washington down 6%. Did not play at all last game. Should have been dropped in every league. Every 12-team league, at least. And Grant Williams down 5%. I think Grant Williams' game, even though the minutes were low, was actually not too bad. It was pretty encouraging. I think with Jalen out, there's some rationale for holding on to Grant Williams in a 12-team league. I don't think he has to be held on to, but I'm not sure that he... I was expecting him to be seen as one of the most dropped players. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on, or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes cancelling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscriptions that you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back or forth. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That'll bring us into the games. First one, the Nick Nurse Maniac Bowl. The Raptors lose to the Bucks without Giannis and without Chris Middleton, 130-122. And Nurse played an insane eight-man rotation, which was basically a seven-man rotation, after an overtime game yesterday in a stretch where they've got five games in seven nights. I'm sorry, mate. I know the bench is terrible. Don't blame the side. I know the bench is dreadful, but you've also got to take some responsibility. Flynn was doing okay. Coloco's had some moments. Dad Young's been okay. This is ridiculous. And you're still lost. Van Vliet. Well, if you've got Van Vliet, you love it. He was questionable heading into Monday's game, and he puts up two monsters in a row. 39.6 triples, nine rebounds, and seven assists. You love it if you've got um, Gaz Trent as well. No. 28 points with four threes and four steals. He's on a massive, really strong run here. He was dreadful for big chunks of the season. And he's really, he's pushing back into the top 100 now. Well, he's back inside. Scott Barnes, better from him as well. Although the percentages were bad, 40 from the field and the line. 14, 13, and five, three steals and a block. We know the shooting's a real problem, but everything else has really picked up. He's been improved. Well, Siakam played 40 minutes. Of course he did. 23 and nine. And OG Ananobi, only 35 minutes for uh, OG. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. That's because he shot 15% from the field. Two of 13. He was also one of two from the line. Interestingly, he was the only starter who was a positive plus minus. He was a plus two. He had five, three, and two with a block. And then Precious Chua played 26 off the bench. Didn't expect to see 26 from him. 11 and seven with a block is okay. He might end up working out as a five-game stream for the week. He might. Because they're playing him starters minutes. Well, Boucher had zero points in 14 minutes. And again, I do not believe that Chris Boucher was worth the ad. I didn't actually worth think Achua was. So I didn't think he played 20 plus a night. Um, and Achua might prove me wrong. Boucher's not looking like it. Hernan Gomez played eight minutes as well. Eight pointless minutes. He scored two points. Something needs to change with this team. Big time. For the Bucks, Drew Holiday was great. 37, 6, and 7. Two steals, a block, 5, 3, 62%. It's a bit of a sell high for him. He's the 10th ranked player over the last week. But in all honesty, you're not going to get it. No one's going to give you a top 15 player. He's a top 30 guy rest of the season. Just enjoy the little boost. 
Grayson Allen, 25 points, four threes. We know why it came. He shot well. And Giannis and Middleton were out. And they've been out lots of times and he hasn't done this. He's always a good stream option, but that's it. I'm very interested in Jingle and Joe Ingles. 31 minutes, 15, 6, and 8. The 8 assists is what I'm really interested in. Okay, 80% shooting is fake, clearly. 31 minutes when Middleton and Giannis returns is going to be hard to do. But he might play 27 a night and be like 10, 4, and 5 with a steal and two threes. Maybe. The problem about that is that Middleton and Giannis have to return. They don't play until Saturday. And he's going to sit back-to-back. So I wouldn't rush to add angles. But I'm definitely watching it. Lopez started out really slow. Ended up with 19 points and two blocks. And then got ejected. He won't get suspended. Porter's had a double-double. But it was not a great game, 12-12. and And Connaughton had 10 points with three threes and eight rebounds in 30 minutes. And he... The likelihood is Middleton returns on Saturday. That's what I've heard. The likelihood is he returns Saturday. Um, and Middleton's going to lose value. For some reason, they're playing Jordan Wara. Seven points in 19 minutes for him. Absolutely no real need for that, I wouldn't have thought. But that's what they are deciding to do. The next game, the San Antonio Spurs. The Battle of the Black and Whites. They beat the Nets. 106-98 was the final score. Um, Brooklyn was without Durant and Irving. So they started Seth Curry. 31 minutes, 16-7. and seven. Pretty good game. He started out quite slow. Still only shot 38%. But I think, again, the takeaway is that no one's a long-term winner from KD being out. They're all slight winners, but there's ups and downs. Like, Seth is fine to stream, but after the first game with KD, every question was, hey, do I go add Joe Harris? And Harris had zero points in 17 minutes. He did have two steals, but he had zero points. So, no, we don't add Joe Harris, obviously. We drop him if we added him. And even Royce O'Neal, who'd been good, had a stinker. Five points in 21 minutes. No steals, no blocks, no assists. 25% shooting. Shithouse. I would still hold him. And then Tony Warren did his thing. 19 points. Cool. But what else? Nothing. Five rebounds, zero assists. Good percentages. I still maintain that Warren is the guy that I want over Curry, over Harris. I'd have O'Neal over Warren as well. Claxo had 15-11 with four blocks. Well, it was a triple-double from Ben Simmons. Actually, a really good game from Simmons. 10-10-11, four steals and two blocks. Good fantasy game anyway. 40% from the field's not great, but he was two of two from the line. And I bet you don't get that too often this season. We also got big Cam Thomas minutes. 30 minutes, 15 points. Now, Cam Thomas is someone who people get excited about because he's got a bag, because he's a bucket. Because he's always you know getting these highlight type players. But I just don't think he's a very good NBA player. And it his usage and shot creation is really valuable when you don't have Kyrie and KD. And he stepped up, he scored well, 15-2-1 with no threes. But do not add him. I don't know if Kyrie's out long-term. It doesn't appear like it. It's only day-to-day. But I'm not adding Cameron Thomas. Markeith Morris came on. Got into a punch-on with Jeremy Sohan. He decided to lay him out on a screen. And uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Just a standard Markeith Morris moment. Um, you know, tries to run through a kid. Good good for him. Um, yeah, there we go. That's that. Yuta Watanabe. Yeah, not obviously. Not a 12 or even 14-team league guy. Zero points in 12 minutes. For the Spurs... The horse, Kelton Johnson. Whose horse is that? Big game. 36 and 11 with four steals. You don't get that very often. And 11 of 12 from the line. Still terrible from the field, but everything else was great. And it was also a really strong game from Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now. That's two solid games in a row from Sohan. 16 and four, two threes, two steals, two assists. I'm not biting on him being a 12-team league must-add. He's okay if you want to add him, but I'm not biting on it. I probably prefer Josh Richardson, but even then he's still like a fringy player. 
Nine points in 27 minutes is not great, but the two blocks and one steal is. But you can't live on that diet. You can't live on him getting two, two blocks a game. So he's okay, but much like with the um, Nets without KD, the Richardson or Sohan or Collins or Johnson or McDermott or Branham, whoever it is, it's going to just be a lot of rotating through and no one really establishing themselves. Like it could be Richardson. It could be Sohan. I'm def- it's definitely not Langford because he once again shows us he is one of the worst permanent players in the NBA. Two points in 17 minutes on 17%. But the other guys are just going to go back and forward. Trey Jones was 13, 4, and 5. Not bad. While Pirtle had 12 and 8, but played just 22 minutes. He had two blocks in that time with some foul trouble. So that meant that Zach Collins stepped up. 24 minutes for Zach. 6.7 rebounds. Not a great line. And he moves into that Isaiah Jackson territory. Still in that territory where you're getting a little bit from him. More than what you're getting from Jackson. And you may be waiting to see if there's a Pirtle trade. I still think he's probably worth a hold, Zach. Understanding that you're going to have some low performances, some poor performances, some invisible performances while we wait to see if anything actually does happen with Yucca Pirtle. And I am uh, relatively skeptical that something will happen, but you never know. His name is talked about every day, it appears. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest trends and odds for a bunch of professional leagues, a bunch of amateur leagues, including the NFL divisional round, college basketball, and of course, the NBA. They've got it all at betonline.net. We're going to have a look at the totals. Which game do you think has got the highest total in the NFL divisional round? Well, it is the Jags and the Chiefs, the first game, which is on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. It's got a total of 53. The lowest total? What is it? Oh, it's actually the Cowboys 49ers, 46 and a half. But you've got all the spreads, all the... um, the straight up money lines, all that is available to check out at betonline.net for the NFL and the divisional round. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info is at betonline.net as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, the next game, third game of the night. The Nuggets win it 122-113 over the Blazers. Damian Lillard's on a massive hot streak. 44 points. Eight assists, six triples, 60% shooting, 14 of 14 from the line. Just gigantic numbers from Lillard. He is like top four over the last week. I think a week ago, he might have been on the buy low, sell high show in the buy low section. So he's really bounced back from there. Um, back into the top 12 now uh, over the course of the season. And after a rocky start, it's, it's looking good. It's not looking as good for a couple of players. Anthony Simons. Him, 37 minutes is good, but he can't get the usage. 14 points, two rebounds, two assists, and shot 33%. He's like a back-end player. Value jumps up when Lillard is out, but he can't do it with Lillard. Jeremy Grant's better at doing it with Lillard, but still 18-4-2, and two, 22 usage. He's just still getting by on insane shooting. 50% from three here. He, ha- he was 33% from three over the last two weeks, so... Yeah, it sort of started to normalize. The two steals here are nice, but he can never rebound. He never gets assists, but he's still producing solid 70 to 80 type value. Nurkic just couldn't get anything to fall. Six points on 22%. 10 boards, two blocks helps, but overall not a good game. Not a good game. And I'm, I am worried about Josh Hart. Another game under 30 minutes, 29 minutes here, four, six, and four. And with Peyton there and Little back and Winslow returning in a few weeks, Maybe Hart never gets back to 35 minutes, and he probably needs 35 minutes to be a 12-team league guy. If you're in a 10-team league, I would have no real worries about dropping Josh Hart. In a 12, I would probably hold. 
but it is definitely pointing in the wrong direction in terms of where his value sits. We also got 13 shade and sharp minutes. He is one of the most empty stat players in the NBA at the moment. He never gets assists or steals or blocks. He had 13, 2, and 0. He shot well, but he's so far away from fantasy relevance. I still think he's going to be good long-term, but he's so far away from fantasy relevancy this season that, yeah, I don't, don't even know why I spent that long talking about him. I should spend more time talking about this guy, though. Have you ever seen something so beautiful? 36, 12, and 10. A steal, a block, a three, a casual 93% from the field, and 90% from the line. This guy's ridiculous. He hit every two-pointer. He's, he's, um, he's actually unbelievable. And he has to be the favorite to win the MVP, I think. And that's going to make it three consecutive MVPs. Only three players have done that in history. Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. He's so good. What, what do you think? Do you think that he's the favorite MVP at the moment? He is. He has to be. Well, actually, I know that he is. I Because I know the betting markets. He is the favorite. Do you agree with that? Is he your favorite? Is he who you would pick for MVP? His team's killing him. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, was questionable heading in. 17-5 and 7-2 steals and a block. Whether he plays tomorrow, we still don't know. Aaron Gordon had 11-7-8. and eight. Well, Maga Porter Jr., he, he is now tall Colin Sexton. 23 points, 4 rebounds and nothing else. He hit 4-3, so that's good. But he's tall Colin Sexton who hits threes. Luckily, he did it at 69%. Giggity. But he's not producing anything well-rounded at all. And he's probably not a top 100 guy rest of season. Bruce Brown played 29 minutes, 12 and 4, triple one. I think he still belongs in a 12-team roster, but I don't think the five-minute man Bones Highland does. Highland played 16 minutes for five points. He's not a top 170 player this season. There's absolutely no rationale in my mind for him to be a 12-team league guy. But if you have Highland on your roster, you don't drop him because he plays tomorrow. It's a waste. Murray might be out tomorrow. I don't think so, but he might be. And even so, like, it's just a bonus game that you've got. You don't have to waste an ad to get that game in. He's there. He's ready. He's going to play. If he's not in your active roster tomorrow because you've got too many guys going, which is unlikely, but if it is, then you move on. But otherwise, you don't drop when there's a game coming up the next day. KCP had nine points. That's not good. But three steals and a block R. He remains that back-end, solid playoff contributor who has very, very limited upside, especially when the players on this team are healthy, as they currently are. In the last game of the night, the Sixers comfortably beat the Clippers 120, what was the final score? 120-113, the final score here. Embiid, 33 minutes, he had a usage of 49%. <laughs> what? 41 points, nine rebounds, two threes, two steals. Oh, not two tiers, steals. Sorry, two blocks, great percentages. He was great. He was awesome. He's been unbelievable this season. Harden was not at his best. Six points on 17%. He still added nine assists to steal on a block. And he was the number five ranked player over the last week. Number eight for the season before today's game. So, yeah, it's not great, but that's fine. Maxi remained on the bench and only played 28 minutes. That's It's not a red flag, but it's interesting. He still did what he does, and that's score a lot. He doesn't do anything else, but he scored a lot. 22 points, 58%. Two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Really good percentages, 58 from the field and 100% from the line. But that, those minutes are a little worrying. He's not a top 100 player this season so far. Um, I don't know how this is happening, but the Thick Hogsman did it again. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Right, my issue with Tobias Harris was I don't know where he gets the usage. Where is the usage? And that's been correct. He was under 20% again today. 
But now he's coming out like, all right, just casual 67% shooting. Are you on steals? He's five of them. Six assists, not a problem. Spoke never does this, ever. Has never had seasons like this in his career. Never shown a proclivity for defense, for unbelievably efficient shooting, for assists. And now he's doing everything. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Every time I go, oh, yeah, it's settling into what I thought. The lower usage, efficiency dropping off. He comes out and has stupid games like this. This was an amazing game from Tobias Harris. I still don't think he's going to be remaining a top 60 player, which is where he is. But Jesus Christ, these random games are annoying me. Let's talk about the wave pool, because I know you want to. 21 minutes, 5 points, 1 assist, and 2 steals for DeAnthony Melton. That's not good enough. He started the last two games. They haven't been good enough. We saw at the beginning of the season that when they were healthy, Melton was not really a 12-team league player. It took someone being out that was Embiid and then Harden and then Maxi and then guys coming in and out for him to be that unbelievable option. But if he's going to play 21 minutes a night, the current value, the game-by-game value is not there and it won't be there. Will there be some nights that he plays 25 minutes? Well, maybe this could have been it. I thought if Maxi's only getting 28, but no. We got more minutes for PJ Tucker. I am very worried about where this goes for Melton. I do not project DeAnthony Melton to be a top 100 player rest of the season. Therefore, in eight or 10 team leagues, that puts him on the chopping block for sure. In 12 team leagues, it's a little bit harder. I think he still remains a hold, but it's more turning from, yeah, hold into hold as a stash. And I hope you understand the difference between those two things. If you're in a points league, He's probably 30 spots worse than he's in a category league. And that probably takes him out of being a 12-team hold in a points league. In a category league, it's not looking great. He will have a better game than this. And it does require patience. But it's the minutes distribution that's worrying me. 25, 26-minute Melton, no problem with a hold. Absolutely have no reservations. I'd tell you to hold fat through these sort of games. I'd say, don't, no, don't be concerned. It's fine. But 21 minutes, 22 minutes, I'm not as interested in it. I'm not as interested. Um, Before I jack him, I will give it like another game or so, but it is trending down really, really. It's trending down pretty badly. Um, Yeah. Let's go to the Clippers. Paul George returned 29 minutes, 13, 8, and 4. Obviously not at his best, a lower usage game, but at least he's back. I don't expect him or Kawhi to play tomorrow, but we'll see. What we did see, though, is with Paul George back, Terrence Mann played 32 minutes, 12-4-4 four, and four with two threes. And that, that's a 12-team player. Is he going to blow us away? Could he be more like a Contavious Caldwell-Pope level 12-team player? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's pretty fair. I would definitely grab Terrence Mann in every 14-team league, and I'd probably grab him in 12s because he is their starting point guard. And he's put some useful lines together. Zubats had 12 and 9 with two blocks, while Kawhi played 36 minutes. He was on track for 39, but no, got was a blowout at the end. 27 to 4, steal a block. Continues to be, you know, really playing quite well. Um, the guys who were really benefiting from George being out and Kennard being out, let's check in. Norman Powell had 16 points on 36% shooting, had no rebounds and no assists. And he was able to get some of those points in the last like two minutes in garbage time. I'm not convinced that Norman Powell on a healthy team is a must-roster player. And I say the same for Marcus Morris, who had 9-1-2. and two. Morris is the 144th ranked player this season. That does not scream must-roster to me. 
it's a value with him and with Powell and to a lesser extent Batum, who had three threes and a block. They have value when players are out. And Morris and Powell are ahead of Batum for sure in their value. But I wouldn't label them as... Like, if I looked at your waiver wire and you said... And then I saw Norman Powell there. I saw Marcus Morris there. I wouldn't go, man, your league's terrible. Why are these guys on the wire? I'd go, I actually understand that. They probably should be rostered by somebody, but it's not a guarantee. And we've known it with Powell for so long. What does he need? Big minutes, 30 of them, and good usage. And when Paul George plays, he doesn't get it. And the same goes for Morris. They don't do anything outside of score. And when you've got other players who are scoring, they're not going to. So they are almost like a D'Anthony Melton. You're holding... And again, don't drop Powell or Morris yet. Don't drop them now because they play tomorrow. So that's a, a waste to drop someone then. And Kawhi and George will be out tomorrow, most likely. So don't drop them at all. But after Wednesday, or after even their next game when George and Leonard play, I'd be very inclined to move on. Because the value only comes when someone gets hurt. And that means that they're a stash versus a must-hold, I think. A little bit different to Bruce Brown, who's able to do stuff on a fully healthy roster. Whereas these guys, it's not like top 110 where Brown is. It's top 140, top 150. And it's not really good enough in a lot of cases. Bob Covington was playing well. He ended up with just seven minutes. And I think he got some of that in garbage time as well. Went scoreless. So if you did add him because you were hankering for the days of your with Bob Covington and waiting for those sweet 25 minutes with three steals and that, well, that seems to have gone away with Paul George back. So you can go and jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! Um, just, yeah, there's guys like Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum who are still rostered in like 20% of leagues. They don't need to be rostered. Again, if you have them, you hold for tomorrow because they play tomorrow and it's a waste to drop someone like that and waste another ad to get someone else in. It's a waste. But after that, these guys aren't 12-team league players. George, Batum, Covington, John Wall still rostered in bloody 12-team leagues. You don't need to have them. The monstrous line of the night is Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. The waiver wire line of the night is Grayson Allen. The young gun is Jeremy Sohan. And the dud of the night is OG Ananobi, Agugwa. The top 10 in category leagues. Number one was Jokic, followed by Lillard. Drew Holiday and Fred Van Vliet. I swear Holiday and Van Vliet were in the same spots yesterday. If not, they were pretty close. Number five was Benny Simmons. Six was Nick Claxton. Seven, Keldon Johnson. Eight, Joel Embiid. Nine was Gary Trent. And 10 was Toby Harris. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one, Grayson Allen. He's a stream while Middleton and um, Yanni were out, but they didn't play until Saturday and they both could play in that game. So I wouldn't bother with that. Ingles is a little bit more interesting and I'm keeping an eye on him. Sohan is at least a 12-team stream, but not a must-roster at all. Sumner, no thank you. Connaughton, no. Um, Drew Eubanks is always a deeper league stream for blocks. George Niang, always an excellent stream for three. Zach Collins, luxury stash type player. Shaden Sharp, no thank you. And Reggie Jackson, also no thank you. Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Jokic, followed by Keldon Johnson, Drew Holiday, Van Vliet, Lillard, Embiid, Harris, Ben Simmons, Gary Trent, and... Nicholas Claxton. And that, guys, will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb up and leave those comments down below. Subscribe. Hit us to 60,000. Ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.